My guest for this episode is Robert Mayfield. He's the guitar player for the progressive rock group Spooky Boo. And we're going to be talking all about Robert's band tonight, their latest release, Cult Classic, that they put out on their own last year. And uh, kind of how Robert has been dealing with uh, just things in the pandemic. Robert's actually dealt with COVID a couple of different times over the last um, few years. And um, we're also going to talk about Robert's experiences as a educator. He's a teacher out in the school systems out in the western suburbs of Chicago. Without further ado, though, we're going to kick off a track for the show. This is uh, Spooky Boost Familiar off the release Cult Classic. It all. It's the same old song to sing along Tired rhyme from time to time You don't want to change Just familiar pain Let's get started with the origin stories. Tell me about the beginnings of Spooky Boo. Well, started off, honestly, with just uh, back in 2017, I ended up, uh, I had some differences with a curtain band that I was in uh, called Flowtone. We're, we're fine now. We've since uh, patched things up and, you know, we still hang out. But I ended up splitting off from them. And I actually decided to make a, like my wife and I just were just jamming for fun and she wanted to start a band together. She brought it up actually. Huh. And um, we just started cause she plays viola. She sings, she played, she picked up a synth uh-huh. and um, we started playing a bit. We got um, just a few other members. One of my old drummers uh, got a singer and bassist. It's just kind of like pick the pieces up bit by bit. And we always wanted to do like a, a concept album. And I think cults are really cool. 
they're very interesting always been around human history and their yeah kind of the mentality is in like in very non-religious elements too like politic politics is a big one yeah. um you see it in business you see it in different uh yeah. even in like bands like you get like this oh yeah absolutely this view that like this is kind of like how it is this is our dogma that we're gonna live by this is how we're gonna you know put this before everything else this is kind of like what we're gonna go and usually cults don't usually have a good ending so no. we, we, mm-hmm. we usually, until, they, until they become a religion or a government no yeah yeah exactly <laughs> right exactly. so right we we started um and and she had to she decided you know like she ended up wanting to quit because you know she wanted to have a kid and you know we we figured out a way to make it work with kid number one right and um you know we had a couple other friends I ended up funny enough I ended up running into a couple old members from like a band I used to play with like ten years ago back at at church and we ended up um and just like full disclosure we're all kind of like mixed when it comes to like religions in our group. Okay. So we're pretty, uh, we're pretty um, open to whatever, as long as, you know, we're respectful to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever goes, go. And uh, we just started jamming again and long story short, they helped us finish the the concept. So the album that we released in July actually has every incarnation of the members. Like we had two bassists on that album we had dory was my my wife she uh she played the synth and the viola we had the new singers that helped okay. back up the uh singing so there's actually eight people on that um old bassist new bassist so oh that's nice yeah. that's so cool to like, have some continuity and like just everybody was able to kind of have a reflection point with that yeah so it's it's kind of like the idealized version of us because we are constantly changing as a band we're pretty uh Right. Oh, it's we're pretty fluid. We unfortunately lost uh, Kessia, who is our uh, was our female singer. Um, nothing, um, no ill will. She just had to move out of state for work. Right. She like she's gonna you know she'll come back here or there and we'll visit and like jam here or there. But for now, we're kind of like moving on as a five piece as opposed to a six. Which honestly, six people is a lot of people to manage. That is, that's, that's quite a schedule and um, uh, a set of calendars to coordinate. Yeah. It really is. Especially, I mean, my drummer has a kid. I've now got two um, other people, like everybody's got jobs um, and uh, just busy schedules and everyday life. Cause I mean, like this is, as you know, how it is, it's a labor of love to do this kind of thing. We don't do this for, uh, for like a make a living. I mean, like, I guess it's one thing, uh, one thing to like if you could like somehow pull it off but at the same time there's like a dark side to that as well because you're kind of held hostage yeah. by your own art if that takes off so it's kind of a mixed bag it is um it, the, the parable is is kind of similar to the idea of starting your own business and having the golden handcuffs um you know if the business becomes successful and you know if you're fully vested in that vision you, you take that ride with those handcuffs on that briefcase that that's you you know yeah so then you have to make that decision at that point, if it becomes financially viable enough and to provide some level of security for yourself and your family. And yeah, that's, that's the paradigm to um, kind of work through it. And it's a challenging one. I've seen people shrink away from it when they've had the, the opportunity presented to them. Um, you know, I've honestly have never gotten to the point musically where um, my own projects where I could, do that because I, I tend to like tend to like music that tends to be more out on the fringes and a bit more out there um but i've had i've had opportunities in my life where you know it, it, you take the ride sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but yeah the older you get once you know you have things like family or responsibilities mortgages or, or just just responsibilities in general especially to other people that that Basically, level yeah yeah that level of risk changes that dynamic of like what what, what you're willing to put up with you know and also um, like sometimes there's there's elements of it you you would probably be like you know what this might not be what i'm kind of like into. right yeah so even that because you have to kind of live through it and learn about it a little bit before you could you see that even too sometimes right yeah 
So yes, yeah, I hear that. So that's kind of like the the. I guess we took a few tangents, but that was kind of like from the origin story to yeah, kind of like our working philosophy now. Because like the name Spooky Boo is just yeah. Where does it come like from? Almost a joke where yeah. we were joking around. Um, first of all, the primary reason we stuck with it is because it's stupid. It's a dumb name, and we thought it was funny to go with. But it's it. cute too. It's got like this cute vibe to it, you know. Yeah, it's a little kitschy. Right. So I appreciate that, but yeah. We're, we're also kind of like making a spoof off of Scooby-Doo as well. Yeah. Because yeah. we were like, just, we like to reflect because, you know, we're, we're like being nostalgic about like all these Saturday morning cartoons. And then, yeah, it's just kind of like we took a, a twist on Scooby-Doo and we thought it was just right. hilarious and dumb at the same time. So we're like, you know, let's just go with it. We don't take ourselves that seriously. Yeah, that's we, healthy. Yeah. We, we take our music seriously. We right. try to, you know, make it happen. Right. as best we can play out there's always there, there's but, all, yeah. there there's that common uh, conception when you label yourself in like the, any kind of progressive idiom that there's a level of pretense that goes along with that and yeah. if, if you can combat uh, that that that's absolutely. always a good thing yeah for sure <laughs> i mean yeah you get you do get either like the like assumed intellectualism or faux intellectualism with it for right. sure yeah like you get people that are full of them. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, my favorite band, uh, just full disclosure, is uh, Mars Volta. But, like, yeah. those guys were so full of themselves. They right. thought they were amazing. Like, the Omar and Cedric thought they, they ran the show. But it's, like, yeah. they completely neglected, like, Flea's work on the first album. And John Theodore is an amazing drummer that gave yeah. it a whole different feel. Yeah. And to the point where he got burnt out and he didn't want to work with them because they were just right. not uh, the easiest people to deal with yeah yeah the that ep that and the delos and the comatorium that's that's still my my favorite by them yeah um, i mean and i like i like the other stuff but yeah that's the, to me it's the most coherent and it, yeah and it's got those pieces in place with those members for sure yeah. contributions by you know flea and all those guys um but yeah um yeah I, I hear that you know for sure um you know somebody like omar rodriguez lopez like he still is just churning out constant constant music um, but I think it turns into an echo chamber and that's where that kind of pretentious sort of, or even ego, if you want to think about it, that kind yeah. of comes in. You don't have, you don't have somebody to hold you in check. Like somebody like him, like he needs like a producer or an editor to say, Hey, no, this is, don't put this out. No, that's not. I right. mean, that's why do, one of right. the biggest reasons yeah. um, that a lot of people I feel like don't uh, recognize is how effective Rick Rubin was on Delos in the comatorium. Absolutely. Yeah. That, he made he, it coherent. He made it, yeah. He, yeah. If it wasn't for him, they would have like fizzled out. They would have peaked at the drive-in. Right, but, absolutely. But they got, they felt like they were, you know, suffocated by him, which is crazy because he's notoriously known for being really lax, yeah, really easy going. But he's paying attention too, though, you know, and he knows when to step in and, you know, kind of some bands need a hand like that, you know. I, Mars Volta is is one of those bands. I mean. Yeah, and they got weirder yeah. and weirder as they went on, and yeah. it's just to the point where, like, I'm sorry, I I love the album Francis to Mute. I love yeah. it, but oh, I yeah. don't love the three and a half minutes of noise. Some people love the noise rock. That's fine. But yeah, yeah. It just wasn't my cup of tea is all. Yeah, for sure. Um, But that's the, to have a point with what you're doing, you, you know, while you're not taking yourself too seriously, not having the pretense, but still have a, a relevant point you're trying to make. Um that's that's kind of a balance you know um you know, for me yeah for me as a musician i mean it's not like a message or, or like a preachy thing or i mean you know there's any like real concrete message as a musician most of my stuff is for the most part is instrumental um but you know my my thing is as musicians and this kind of comes up as part of my training when i was going to college and all that but also just working with people my mentors and all that there, there's this um the further I've gotten into it and just realizing it's really about being able to convey emotion more than you can with words, you know? Um, And to me, the music has to have the ability to to do that for it to be somewhat successful. It could be any kind of emotion. It could be silly. It could be sad or whatever, you know, but um, to me, that's kind of it. Like there's, there's, there's some, something 
and that emotional context or that emotional content that goes along with it, if it has lyrics or not, you know, um, that's kind of something to me that makes music um, a successful endeavor and something that's a, a thing to enjoy as well, you know. I completely agree with that. It makes it 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 makes a lot of sense. But yeah, we've just been hacking away these past yeah, yeah. couple of years ourselves, just mainly yeah. just having fun and yeah. playing when we can, yeah. uh, recording when we can. Like we took a couple of years to build this album, and you know we released it. We did, you know, we played a couple shows. We did make a huge, uh, like a ton of ton of noise, but. The yeah. people that wanted to listen to it, we, you know, we gave it out. We listened to it. We got a fair amount of plays. So we're happy overall. Excuse me. I had a, had a burp stuck in there. Hey, um, no worries. And, then, um, and then it's just, I mean, as soon as uh, like August hit, we hit a little bit of a break for not only did I, uh, did I have my second child, but our drummer, Chucky, he got married. So he needed some time off for the month. Yeah. And now we're just, it's been nice because we've been able to meet up. Right. We're setting the room back up. We're arranging this and that. We're getting ready to do some live streams. We're getting ready to write some new material. And also just host some kind of like, some kind of like DIY kind of shows, like some invite uh, only kind of thing to where we can get some people in. Yeah. Make sure it's obviously safe and reasonable numbers to where nobody gets sick kind of idea. All right. Let's hold that thought and take a listen to another track off of Spooky Boo's cult classic. This is The Waiting Room.
fun time no um for yeah because my i personally i had it like two times um oh first my. Time, okay yeah first time was back in march 2020 when it first kind of like shut everything down yeah and i was like down for almost a month and i had like some inner lung issues to that was lasting for a couple couple months to where i was unfortunately i was like coughing blood and it was like oh it God. really did a number on me for a yeah. sec Second time I had the shot and, um, and I'm also, I'm sure I had the antibodies at this point too. It was just like a pesky cold. That was a day and a half. It was just like night and day. Wow. It, okay. It's the strangest, strangest so, thing. So, but that kind of, I mean, I don't want to throw this into this, any kind of analytical conversation about, Oh, Hey, vaccines work, but yeah. you know, being able to get through it a second time with it just being a, a more of a cold that, that, that does, does say something you know so yeah and, and yeah the last thing i want to do is be preaching you know people are going to do right. what they want to do and that's they completely do. fine i have yeah. my i have my own views but yep. that, those are my views and that's completely uh fine i'm sure i have plenty of uh, philosophies that people <laughs> would uh not agree with and that's completely cool that's yeah completely for sure fine. yeah for sure so um the stuff you guys are so you released cult classic um that came out last summer yes and the concept is really, you're just doing kind of a sort of an exposition about the concept of cults in various ways through the material. Yeah, uh, what, the what was field, the inception of that though? Like why, why cults? Like, why did you guys want to cover that or what got you into that, that sort of area? Um, religion has always been very fascinating to me Okay. of all kinds. Um, it's just, it's been around for ever. Yeah. For as long as human history has been around, it drives so much of like decision making and culture. Like if you are, um, you could say it's like arguably uh, the bedrock of a lot of different civilizations. And then on top of that, like you see how it can do like really, like really beautiful things like. For sure. It can do things like it, it inspires abolition, civil rights. It can inspire like, you know, like plenty of like healthcare hospitals and it can also do some absolutely abhorrent things like you have you see like colonization mass murder discrimination segregation all kinds of horrible things that just that's justified through it and how nuanced and so many different takes you can have with it and the songs a lot of times I tried to convey a lot of that like our opening track Wiseman was about kind of like a call to action to join up with the cults and it's kind of like a little bit of a, a punk rock anthem with a lot of progressive elements that pushes like the excitement of kind of like bringing, uh, joining up with the cult because they all kind of have some similar worldviews. Like a, there's right. an immoral world. There is a small group of like-minded individuals. There is a very authoritarian style of leadership. There is um, 
there is a social justice angle to it. And a lot of times they can, they can achieve a lot of things like that, but also at the cost of uh, individuality, the cost of cutting off your family, your friends. Um, and that's why, and, and I saw this kind of philosophy, especially in like a bunch of other, say in like his, in historical political groups, like you'd see it as kind of like the far left group, like Weather Underground, where they resorted to violence for their their political aims. Um, you'd see it um, in like, you'd see it in the moderate and the uh, more aggressive wings of the civil rights movement between uh, say like the Black Panther Party and, and like the, the church, um, depending on like what denomination and how like nonviolent versus more aggressive action, you would see it. Um, I actually was a part of, I don't want to uh, name the name, but I was a, I, I tend to, I, I try to be as civically active as possible. And I was a part of a workers rights organization and it came to light that that was actually classified as a political cult. So oh. where they would try to ask for more and more and more of your time, more money, right. more of this and that. And next thing, like I, 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 I did a bunch of research and I spent more time with them and I'm like, I need to get out of here. Right. So that was also a formative reason why I wanted to write about it too, because I'm like, this is kind of nuts. Like they want me to like not spend right. time with my family. They don't want me to spend time working on my music. They don't want me to like even work. They want me to cut out everything and just devote myself to the cause. Right. And it was just really destructive, despite maybe like their their moderate gains that they were they were getting in the name of uh, workers' rights. It was a, it was a very interesting experience. Hmm. Okay, just a lot of really insightful angles and kind of looking at that. Now, what are you uh, all working on in terms of music? Are you just just kind of writing stuff, or is there another like, concept coming out that you're working through, or? Um, what, what is the material that you guys are, are doing now? We're kind of at a crossroads in the sense that we are either thinking of expanding the same concept into like more of a either a theological kind of standpoint or even like more more story driven because in cult classic there were some story driven songs right like there was a fight there was end of there was a murder in there uh, the mm-hmm. the uh, the antagonist or slash protagonist was ended up arrested um so there was there was a lot of story uh driven stuff but we could flesh out some more make some arcs out of those then yeah we could do a lot of different things we can go deeper we are also kind of like taking a turn and lyrically we're we're doing more satirical kind of material because after um say like just just the sheer amount of change and conflict over the last two years that has just been right startling eye-opening and universal right it's been it's it's been i would call that it's been a very collectively traumatic experience absolutely Uh, and it's just something that like i felt like my writing got a little bit more aggressive um a little snarkier um but i still still very much kind of like like want to have content that is gonna and it will connect just because of who I am as a as a writer I have a certain kind of feel to how I play of a certain kind of right turn of phrase and cadence to how I write even if I wanted to do something completely different I don't think I could pull it off unless I like just did like a sabbatical of a completely different style for like a few years and come back right 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 and then with the writing process for the material, are you pretty much the principal writer for the band or is it like a democratic process? How does it work? So I typically, like, uh, I, I start out as the principal. I come up with the singularity of the idea. I have like a melodic arc. I have some, I have uh, this, like a first draft of lyrics and melodies and I have like a guitar part and then I bring it to the group and they just, I am very 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 permissive as a band leader they're like all right we're gonna do whatever we want to do and i'm like yeah it's right. fine 
<laughs> I'm like, whatever we want. <laughs> you, you leave it up to them, which I mean, that, that gives them a sense of ownership in the material as well. And right? Exactly. I mean, right, I, right. they're not having fun. I'm, they're not getting paid to do this. Right. So if they're not having fun, they're not going to stick around. I want them to have fun. And right. they're also like my friends, like the drummer was a groomsman in my wedding. Sure. Um, I've known like the keyboardist since college. And so like, I've known, I've known these, these folks for a minute. So if they're happy and I, I wouldn't want to be like, all right, it, it's like this, there's no deviation. We're going to keep it this way. And it would just get stale too. And sometimes they just straight up have better ideas than I do. And that's fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. And that's the part of uh, the idea of being in a band versus a solo artist. I mean, there's that social construct of, collaboration and then um just the idea the act of playing the music together i mean just creates um different dimensions in the sound i mean you have it a certain way in your head but you know giving them the freedom to kind of interpret and react to what you're you're coming up with as the main composer absolutely because i mean yeah. we, all, we all have different kind of like backgrounds i've got like a classical and prog and punk background my drummer He's been playing in the churches and on the west side in the right. gospel circuit for right since he was two and yeah my keyboardist is classical very very classical my singer is kind of like 90s grunge and 90s pop rock okay kind of mixing the one and then we had an r&b sound with kessia and yeah it's just like don's very rock and roll on bass but like ed when he was playing bass he was very soulful he played he he came through with with our drummer who was still in in the same churches right in the same kind of style so depending on the song, depending on how we were doing it, like it had a completely different feel and it was, it was always fun. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I mean, to have that diverse set of experiences as your group too, it's not all, uh, you're all coming from one place with one, it, it can sound very monotonous or just very, oh, okay, well, this is purely derivative because it's all punk or it's all whatever, um, kind of coming, you, you all have very different references um, and the, the bit about the gospel, you know, the, the gospel bit about playing in the churches and all that too, there's a different level of discipline as a musician that comes from that. Um, that I've personally found working with musicians who came up in churches, especially with the rhythm sections, um, the, the ability um, to play, cause you know, they're playing like a two or three long hour service yep. and it, it's, it, it's, there's also, there's something athletic about it, you know? Um, of like, you know, there's, it's not to say that, you know, it's just, oh, you just get these insane chops. You kind of do, but it's just such a different world of, of just musicianship that I, I, I found like working. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about like the communication yeah. of, uh, yeah. of emotion. I feel like that kind of tradition has it because it, it, it's direct from yeah. the jazz tradition. Right. Right. It's very much like yeah. improvisational. I used to be incredibly very 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 stiff with like all right this is my great piece of i've been working on the last you know few weeks few months <laughs> for, of classical guitar right and, you're getting ready for your recital right yeah, yeah exactly it's like <laughs> witness yeah. my high arts like it's amazing and right. yeah but no this is just like all right what are we doing i don't know all right just play yeah i mean let's like, go watch and the crowd yeah read the crowd and yeah just vibe on it and it's all yeah. about that, that controlling that vibe. I, a couple of drummers I played with in my lifetime. One guy we had sit in, we have a tune that um, the tempo jumps to almost, well, on a recording, it, it goes up to double time. Um, but he, he, we arranged it around him because he was sitting and it's like, all right, let's just play to your abilities and your experiences, make it a little bit different, give you your own flavor of this for the show we were playing. Um, and, and he, you know, it was funny because like he took it to an even further intensity. Like we got this double time section. It was almost like a quadruple time. <laughs> the other guy in the band is bass player and I were both sitting there just almost winded, you know, and he's just like, I keep going all night. Let's go. <laughs> you know, his, his vibe was there. He was bringing it, you know. And then the table and he was just like, yeah, it wasn't anything because he's like you said, right. he used to keep three hours of playing straight. Right. Absolutely. And then being able to, to see that at the club, it changed the dynamic of our audience reaction completely in a 180 degree fashion. Cause like, you know, the idea of being a progressive rock band, it's like, all right, well, th there's some tropes of, okay, long odd time signatures, 
and odd melodies and this and that. And then, you know, we, we, we brought this, um, this person came in and we, you know, he brought something completely different to the mix. Everybody was up dancing. Um, and we picked some covers that would reflect that too. And some of our, through that in our material, but like, yeah, there, there's that, um, again, back to that idea of communication of emotions. Like, I think that's something that, uh, in that tradition, um, is taught like directly and, and maybe not, um, explicitly, but it's implicit in, in like, reading the room and like, you know, following, you know, whatever the cantor, whoever the preacher, um, whoever's like kind of, or even the choir, whoever, whoever's kind of leading the, 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 the church, you know, the congregation um, to, to get that, that emotional context going, get people fired up and stuff. Um, that's something of when you're looking at music and writing it from your like personal worldview and personal expression, doesn't necessarily translate in the same way, you know. Um, it's just like a completely different skill set. So, yeah, it's 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 different. It's yeah, it's a completely different perspective. But it's it's really fun when you can you can yeah. kind of uh, insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that does make me actually. I'm looking forward to catching you guys live now. So, um, so outside of you know your your sort of battles with uh, the dreaded COVID. Um, you know, what, uh, what go, with that? And then I guess, you know, having two kids, uh, for me, I only have one, I have a teenager now. He, he's going to be 17 in a few weeks and it really radically changed my worldview. It didn't, you know, stop me from being a musician. And that's one of those things, like when we talked about the golden handcuffs earlier of like, when you start talking, looking at the risk and reward of, Hey, can I go full in and on this? Um, you know, when my son was born, it was like, all right, it made me realize that my time as a, as a person mattered more now because somebody needed me, but everything that I should be doing should matter. You know, exactly. You just cut out the fat and a hundred percent. So go, becoming a father, like just totally, completely changed my worldview. Like every, every minute of your day should matter for something. It should count yes. for something. doesn't matter what it is. It could be serving different interests or, you know, you're taking care of your kid or you're spending time with your, your partner or, um, or you're working on a piece you're, you know, working on your sight reading or a technique or whatever it is, but there's a goal or, a, a you know, there's something that counts for that time now because time is, becomes precious, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd imagine duly so, you know, having a couple of kids, because I mean, the, the, the reward is also like being able to be with them and spend time with them, too. It's like that that becomes a very important part of life, you know, um, being able to experience that with them. But for me, um, it, it, it went back to if I'm going to be still being a musician, like I'm, I'm further inspired and I, I want to show my son that I'm all in on this, like music wasn't something that I just did as a hobby to try to get laid or to, you know, I did, I did it in college. It's like, I, I my parents were me. My, my mom was a musician. Um, I grew up with it. And it's just one of those things that was in my DNA, you know, I was kind of blueprinted in me as a human being. And it's like, all right, but now it has to count. So ever since he was born, everything I've done, I've like tried to, not necessarily from a, a financial success standpoint, but like, even just from like an artistic statement of like, there has to be some 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 value in this that if I finish doing it, I can I can finish it and say, okay, this was this was worth the time, and you know, or you know, like there's there's that value there instead of it just being like jamming in a basement with some dudes, you know. Absolutely, and there is something to be said about even just jamming in the basement with some dudes, for right? Sure. If but it's quality I quality time with your friends too, absolutely, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But abs I felt very similar to the like, all right. Now, you know, I've got, I got to be home this amount of time. Yep. I've got to make sure I'm, um, you know, supporting not only my, you know, my child, but also my wife to yep. make sure everybody is reasonably as comfortable as possible. And all right, well, if that means I have to, if I'm going to have rehearsal at this time, yeah, please don't be any later than like X amount of time. Yes, sir. <laughs> this amount, this done, we need to take care right. of this. And yeah. then we can kind of like chill for a minute. Yeah, right. yeah. And can we do this show? Don't be late to this. Let's do this. Right. Can we do this session? Yeah, that everything became actually, 
in a lot of ways, I will say this, like we kind of stepped it up a bit more after that fact, because it's like, uh, it was almost like an inspirational move to do that because like, if I'm going to be gone, like you said, it has to count. If I'm going to be behind my instrument, I have to make sure quality is happening the best that I can. So yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent here. And I felt that. And yeah, very much it's it's yeah it's is it a hobby yeah but it's also more than that absolutely it's a another mode of uh communication and you know it's like almost like a form of sometimes it's a form of worship sometimes it's uh it's it's community sometimes it's you know i'm trying to express a point of view like all of these things are incredibly human incredibly important and they matter even if they're not hugely impactful to to everybody like I kind of look at it the sense where people like if you have a time machine and you go back in time, the rule is what is the rule? Do you know what it is? Don't uh, mess with anything. Exactly. Don't mess with anything because you can you mess right. up in time. Well, right. you also have that influence in the present moment. Even if it's like you're saying like you hold the door open for someone or you, you know, you you do like the one house piece of housework or you finish this one errand, whatever that you're doing, even being in yeah. the present state, like you're affecting a complete chain of events around you. So it's, it's very much the same thing with, with music. And yeah, that's yeah. how it, like, it's not important, but it's also highly important at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to frame it for sure. So and, yeah, that's yeah. that's been a lot of my, my philosophy is just trying to juggle it because is I mean, I know there's a lot of fathers that listen that's uh, that listen to this podcast and still jam yep. and it is it's a it's a balancing act. You got a lot of irons in the fire. I'm sure a lot of yep. folks are working fathers as well. And I know I am. Oh, and it's sure. just like it's it's all important. You just have to you right. have to cut things out, but things that you cut out, you realize you don't really miss. And we're kind of a wasted time to begin with. You cut a lot of the vapid, a lot of the, the mundane out. Like, so I yeah. don't catch up to everything. I, I, I like to think that I'm missing just the worst of the Netflix uh, uh, fads. Right. And the real good ones I'll, I'll catch here and there. Right. And I'll yeah. watch in like 15 minute increments between yeah. diapers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not well, a big deal. Right. If you're up all it's night. It's not a big you, deal in that sense. Right. You're probably, you binge watched the, uh, the series because you can't sleep and then you're done with it yep i hear that I, I hear that completely um with the experience of of covid did that did you did it impact you in any sort of way where um you know was it more just like oh shit i just got sick and i'm you know got over it and then just back to life or like did it change you at all from your, your perceptions of of living or your life or any of that? Well, my thing is I've always been kind of a germaphobe because okay. I think a lot of the reasons why I got hit with it is because I I've dealt with a handful of autoimmune uh, deficiencies growing okay. up, like I had allergies, I yeah. had psoriasis things, and it's a lot of this. You know, luckily, right. knock on wood, thank God, it's under control these days. Right, um, but. It also, you know, it's like a weakness to a lot of pathogens out there. And when sure. it hit me, it was, it was really painful. It was really right. rough. Right. Um, and I was like, I, I, I come from like a, a, a smaller rural community and people I, you know, I still love, I'll still hang out with them. I actually, you know, hung sure. out with a handful of them just this past weekend, but it's, it's the fact that like, a lot of them just uh, like I can understand, I, like I can wrap my hand, my head around people not wanting to get a vaccine because it was quick. There's a lot of uh, information out there that's scaring people. I can that it's I think it's a completely logical. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's yeah. a logical viewpoint. But I was kind of bummed that like a handful of like a lot of my music friends didn't slow down from jamming it when right when we all should have to at least kind of like slow some things down because that was rough for me i'm yeah. you know like still relatively healthy it's relatively young like right if you bring some stuff home to somebody that can't handle it that was right. that was a bummer and just like i'm sure plenty of other people listening had moments that they're like yeah 
bummed that people didn't do that. So that, that did cause some issues since, you know, we, we've smoothed a lot of it over, con, you know, considering sure. as much as possible, but yeah. there was a lot of bumps and now I'm still kind of like, you know, I, as a, you know, I, I teach as a, I teach music also as my day job. Right. So, it's like, an incredibly social year. You, you have people in I'm and masked out. Up. I'm washing my hands 10, yeah. 15 times a day. I'm, uh, right. I'm disinfecting all of the kids. And these are like elementary yeah. kids. I love little right. kids, but they're nasty. God love them. That, so right. Nasty. That, that's where, that's where all the germs come from. That's what, yeah. <laughs> so, they're like magnets. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, their yeah. their immune system isn't built up yet. They don't have any sense. They don't have they right. they don't get it a lot. So it's just you're it's just a lot of stuff that you, I'm like constantly conscious of, and I'm constantly washing my hands, constantly disinfecting doorknobs. I'm like, oh man, people think I'm OCD at this point, yeah. but it's like, right. no, I just don't want to get sick again. That was rough. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little PTSD in that sense when somebody I hear like somebody in the house that sneezes i'm like oh no just relax right. Rob. it's probably a cold just yeah. just don't freak out right yeah i i hear that too for for me um i mean i haven't caught it and you know i you know i'm glad you're here and you you were able to recover and you know going through it twice it's like all right well how many times can lightning strike a person <laughs> fully know, right? hopefully you're done right hopefully um, i'm done i'm gonna be retired from this right like you you, you got all the antibodies now so um, you know, for me, it just became just awareness of the other, of the other, other people in your world, the other people, again, you know, being a parent responsible, I have a older, um, uh, an immunocompromised parent that I'm a caregiver for. So that comes in a direct conflict with me being a musician who like thrives off a live performance. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's, it's hard. I mean, like we, and my, the drummer in my main band too, is he's in the same boat. He has, uh, uh, immunocompromised family that he, he also has to help out with. Um, and it's, it's like, okay, we just can't gig even if stuff is wide open right now. Nope. Um, like we played our one show we did in September we played out at a beach up in the North side. Um, it was outside. We had about 40 or 50 people there, but it was beautiful. It was a nice, you know, you're playing on the beach, which is, well, how can you beat that? Right. Yeah. Um, nice little DIY sort of show um very pleasant you know we had a nice crowd everybody was really into it they were happy to see us after 18 months um we had a bunch of new faces and it was like but that's where that that's about as comfortable as we can get because it's open you know um i've turned down we've been doing like smaller uh right we've done is outside shows it's it's controlled yeah inside most like i think I, i can't even remember the last inside we had like a tiny inside gig at uh at dry city in wheaton and okay. there was like acoustic hmm. and it was just like i swear i think i i've had more people in my basement than i than that were in there so and and it was a well-attended show for what it was it's just a smaller place but it's just like you're always rolling the dice and it's frustrating like how much are you gonna like you know like do the risk analysis so it's it's in like you said like with with the kids they can't get shots yet you don't know right yeah 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 that's that's the worst is like you have little ones and they're 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 just kind of open right now you know until finally you know things kind of start trickling down to them so yeah so and that's that's a challenge i mean the flip side of it is i'm happy for the ones my friends who are in bands people i know people guests on this show too are able to go out and do it and are, are at least um empathetic about it or considerate about it you know um I think, you know, I think it can be done with uh, reason and, and such too, but it's just not for me. Like I actually went and saw my first real local show probably three weeks ago. Um, my, my friend was, he's putting an album out and um, finally I just bit the bullet. We masked up and, you know, went out and kind of, you know, stayed in the back by the bar, you know, didn't really get too close to people. Um, and, but there was, there was a weird anxiety that was coming up, especially my wife and I were, you know, we didn't stay the whole time and we went up leaving after their show. Um, not the typical trope of like, you go see the band, you know, and leave. It was just like, all right, we were just really uncomfortable because there were more people kind of shuffling in and it's like, all right, this is getting, and you don't know how careful everybody is. And, and people are drinking and, you know, you can't drink with a mask on. So I, we don't know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Don't know where they're from, how 
how uh, if they're vaccinated or, you know, because I mean, you know, some of them, some some places are pretty good at checking uh, for the card. Some people just kind of like kind of glance at your phone and you don't really know, you know, and not not to be a, a crepe paper hanger, but. Yeah, it's it's a bit intimidating. But and then like you can do like you can have people that do all the quote unquote right things, and you know yeah. sometimes they end happen. up being a carrier, right? Yeah, just what it is. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so yeah, that's a lot of what we've been up to lately. It's just been that's yeah. why I think a big reason that's what helped, you know, he pushed us to finish recording the album for yeah. sure. Because yeah. you know we can't go out, we might as well we've been sitting on these songs let's knock it out let's make the most of our time you know right yeah no, I, I hear that for sure are you doing anything else outside of spooky boo um like with you know any of your other music endeavors or and I, you mentioned you were like a teacher and all that too um, i'm gonna talk about yeah i mean that. like i mean we're doing like a handful of music uh like uh like we got a concert coming up for my little ones but okay it, it's very much like we're doing uh it's like a mix of mix of different genres. I introduced uh, some hip hop into the curriculum. We're doing a big Sean song. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's, I feel like I feel two styles that are often neglected in music ed that should not be is heavy metal and hip hop. Yeah. Because they are both highly rhythmic. Yes. Highly, very good American uh, like art forms. For sure. Probably like bed, bedrock to so much other like styles because yeah. like, usually a lot of music teachers are going to stop at the Beatles when it comes to rock and roll. But yeah. like there's so and and nothing against the Beatles, but there's yeah. just there's so much that goes on um past it. Like you can and like yeah. EDM, like how in you. Chicago. Yeah. It it gets it gets bonkers with how much material has come out of just Chicago period. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing with hip hop is in all intents and purposes if you look at it from like a anthropological angle it's it's folk music it's an an evolution of blues i mean it's that's it's modern i would consider it modern like the real blues of the culture that's created it it's the the evolution of the form has become more abstracted it's because it's really about the rhythm and the voice the storytelling or whatever the the rapper is talking about you know um, and yeah, I mean, in, in being able to break that down into those base elements of rhythm and, and kind of either chanting or rapping or whatever it is, um, it, it is, it's a cool way to looking at it as like a building block for like music education too, for sure. You know? Absolutely. I mean, like you, you have like rhyme schemes, you can get a lot of literature. Yeah. Like you got rhyme, alliteration, consonants, like you get some straight up prose. Syncopation. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. Right. You, if you can take a lot of these syllables and you can learn a lot of rhythmic notation right over the top of them for, right. and it, it kind of, it sinks in for a lot of, uh, a lot of our students. It's just, it's really cool stuff that yeah. Um, it it's, and it's actually, you know, it's people are, uh, people sometimes feel like it's an easier art form, but like hip hop is actually incredibly difficult, both on the beat making side yeah. and on the rapping side. No and question. You, yeah. You gotta be so in the pocket with what you're doing. Cause that, cause you're every, you're the band on top of the drums. Right. The and then beat. when it comes to heavy metal too, like when yeah. it comes to your instruments, you're a straight up athlete. Yeah. If you're spreading, you're sweeping, you're playing blast beats. Anything oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. An athlete. Yeah. Not like, no. I wouldn't say like you can run like a marathon tomorrow, but it's like, it is yeah. it definitely like shows up. It's, it's challenging. To it say is. The if you break it down musically with people, you know, um and you know one's a, one's really a, a raw story an abstract storytelling form a folk form and the other is just um i think it's um taking the idea of what rock really was and taking it to a very superlative level you know absolutely it's yeah. very very meticulous very it is very rhythmic was, incredibly rhythmic yeah there's not a lot of improv in metal <laughs> and that's okay because it's in a there lot is. of ways it reminds me it's very classical much of- yeah. exactly i was just gonna say that it's very yeah. classical in nature yeah so um just out of curiosity i still i did study classical for a bit in my my studies as well uh what, what are some of your favorite pieces to play i'm just curious um, um i like a capriccio arba by uh francisco targa i work i finished up 
Uh, Movement Three by Augustin Barrios. Okay. Um, that one is from the the Cathedral. That one yeah. is such a fun shredder. Um, mm-hmm. I also um, been I worked a little bit with some. Uh, I just like to pick around with the Via Lobo studies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like always a fun, just kind of like fun little warm up go to that actually sound good. And mm-hmm. everybody plays Bach. If you study music, everybody plays Bach. It, yeah, in a formal sense. Right. Especially on classical guitar too, because it, it, you learn so much the, the inner workings of like the harmonic structures he was doing with counterpoint and all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Like, yeah. There's so much you, you can, you can do with, with the uh, instruments. It's crazy how easily in like, not easily, but like how logically it transfers over to that instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those would be a lot of my big ones. I, I also mess around a little bit with, uh, four on six and West Montgomery. Oh, that's my jam. Yeah. That's that's a great song. That's a great tune and such interesting, like weird, uh, like improvisation. I always love how he builds it up between like single notes to some double octaves and then straight up. And then just chordal melodies. Right. And then, and then his, his, and then his harmonic structures and his chords, he's just like flicking his thumb when he's hitting it. He's not even, it doesn't even look like he's thinking about it. It's just second nature to him. But, you know, he's hitting all these like, like odd flat five and just altered chords, um, especially in four on six when it goes, dun, 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 and it just kind of goes down that cycle. Um, but the chords he's landing on, I'm like, man, it's like the shift in those is amazing, you know? Um, but yeah. He, another a jazz guitar iconoclast for sure i don't think anybody i mean a lot of people definitely cop licks from wes and you know he's definitely one of the main giants but like yeah um such a such a pleasure to listen to and like learn his stuff you know yeah he's he's got it's it's you could take like one song and go back and forth to it and just find new stuff in it and just yeah you can expand like ideas beyond that which is yep. like a couple of his riffs the guy is yep. the guy was a genius no question absolutely absolutely cool man um and then you primarily work with smaller children then with education um yeah up up through fifth grade okay cool cool that that's awesome um i'm I'm glad to hear that somebody's actually teaching music in like like a school setting um it's it's fun it's 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 a different it's a different game but yeah it's it's fun I think it's one of those things like critical thinking, like everybody still should learn music. Like when I, I came up, we all learned music. We all played the recorder, of course, and some kids went off yep. in a band and I, I was a rocker kid. So, I, you know, I picked up the guitar or whatever, but I think there's just so many skills that translate to other areas of your life, learning music that are just well, incredibly especially if you're reading, Not only like you're, you're learning the written language, you're processing how it's done and then you execute it with uh with you know with your hands or your hands in your mouth depending on whatever you're doing like the, yeah you know, the, like the triple quadruple level processing is yeah it's very good for just like intellectual development period absolutely even man. if you're not like gonna be a professional right. or like a diehard like it's good to have that in your background absolutely yeah it, it, so many different concepts come out of that just with learning and performing and then yeah the the, the sight reading the skills of course, the social aspect, that's, that's, there's just so much of it, you know? Um, yeah, I, for me, like I, I came in, when I was coming up, I was right at the time when, you know, I was able to get through school with some a level of like music classes. And then like, for me, I, I just remember like, like schools around the state were kind of cutting their funding for arts, you know, and music was the first thing to go usually. Oh yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's, Right. It's sometimes it's it's rough out there. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a friend of mine. We're about the same age. He's actually going for his uh, education cert, his LED cert, right now, um, with, the, with the focus on music. And I, I, you know, I, I feel for him. It's like I, that's the noble thing to do. But man, it's like hopefully you land somewhere where you, you'll be good. You know, because he he actually has a passion for teaching. He's good. He's good with it. He's been teaching privately off and on. But like, I think he, he wants to enjoy that classroom experience. I mean, like I yeah. I, I am optimistic in the sense that like yeah he, he he'll probably be fine. He'll yeah. probably have to hack it in some some like lower like kind of funded. Mm-hmm. Um, programs but right. like he might have to like beg borrow and steal for enough uh, right. like, 
either like sheet music or particular instruments but he he i'm sure he's gonna be fine because yeah i mean like i do i do see some positives out and about yeah in music education these days yeah i think there's enough people out there talking about it and like trying to raise awareness around like it does help with you know like you're saying all the points around the intellectual development and also just kind of skills of coordination and the social aspect of it as well. and so, education yeah. as a whole I'm, I'm noticing it's be it's evolving tremendously between yeah. between both the public and the private school world in the sense that especially with me i can speak i guess primarily to music education is the fact that it's it is it's evolving at a rapid rate because teachers and administrators are realizing like the music trends themselves and the music art forms that people listen to and have listened to in the last few years rapidly changes yeah and people are waking up to the point to the fact that music education needs to move with it and support culture and preserve the culture of it right not saying it's jazz and classical by any stretch of the imagination but adding other perspectives of it is it's it's good it it can it can do a lot of good all as as a whole absolutely and the tools that are available now to uh, the average person to actually be able to create music are are just more readily available especially for like recording yeah MIDI is not that expensive these days we're hard it's all plug and play now yeah and it can i mean yeah you can really learn music literacy that way orchestration production oh yeah for sure avenues you can do with that right so hey rob thanks so much for uh chatting and uh take care have a happy holiday man visit rockinchicago.org for the feature with this episode along with rob's guest list playlist curation which features some of his favorite bands along with Uh, colleagues from the Chicago music scene and um, we're going to close out this episode with one more track off of Spooky Boo's latest release cult classic this is called The Incident. Thank you so much again for listening and wishing you all a very happy new year. Crashing sound Now with his fists he pounds and pounds